Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Alicia and Cassandra. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Kel. Hey, Kel. Hey, Alicia. Hey, Cass. Uh, so good to be back. I realized that this episode starts with Monday, the 1st of April, so we can have all the April Fool's jokes that we need. Um, I'm not that clever to think of them, but I promised you the episode's not a joke, so do stay with us. (laughs) It's a bit of a jam-packed week. I don't know. It's the start of a new month, which is exciting, but this week also brings uh, a new moon, which we're going to talk about at some point. I think Leisha's got a few thoughts on that for us. And we also have our first full week of Mars in a new sign, Mars into Gemini. So I don't know, between Mars changing signs and it being a new moon week and it being the first of the month, it really feels like there's some fresh energy. You know, it's a good time to set, you know, your ideas, your intentions. What do you want the next four to five weeks to be about? So that idea of like fresh starts, new beginnings, maybe striking out in a new direction, just as a general theme, feels very relevant for now. How are you guys uh, thinking and feeling about this week? I'm looking forward to it. Um, I have a personal bias towards Mars moving into Gemini. Um, And I love the new moon in Aries too. Um, It's always been my favorite new moon of the year. Um, I know the, the sun's ingress into Aries is often considered as the astrological new year, but I think that new moon in Aries is really, um, you know, poignant and worth mentioning too. Um, having a new moon in Aries um, this week is definitely just kind of boosting that sort of feel of freshness, if you like. Yes, freshness for sure. Yep, totally. I agree. And I like for me, this new moon often is uh, the setup for the whole year because it is mm. that first one of the astrological year. So, um, I did run a workshop last week um, on that and, and forward focusing. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm a moon in Aries. I'm not – it is one of my <laughs> favourite favorite new moons. Uh, it's just a time to kind of really focus and get forward, um, you know, drop the crap and just do what you want and focus on what you really desire for the year ahead. So, and with the Mars, Mars in Gemini ruling it when it happens – it's just a lot more fun, a lot more light, a lot more humorous. I can really see that. You know, you could be setting intentions around just having a lighter year. And it's it's a sign based trying to Jupiter and Sag too, which just adds to that. I just feel like, you know, after all the watery stuff of the last month um, and now Mercury's finally going direct again and, full, uh, you know, picking up speed, yeah, it's just easier. It's it's like we've landed on the shore, we've hit the ground running. Maybe it's time to do the the running part of the triathlon. Totally. I mean, it is definitely a lighter feeling like Mars in Gemini, a new moon in a fire sign. That air and fire combo is so good for action, like turning ideas into action, but it's also very uplifting and energizing and engaging. I think there is a lightness for sure with Mars in Gemini. Um, and I don't know, it just makes me feel like the curiosity is coming through, you know, the challenges we might get a bit scattered or we might find ourselves so full of beans that we want to go off in many directions at once. Um, it's just a very different energy Mars in Gemini versus the Mars in Taurus, which has been the last six weeks actually. 
yeah, that, that scattered, that variety that Gemini loves, it does feel like, you know, it's, it's kind of having lots of different buckets to pour your energy into, but, you know, there is the energy to do it, which there wasn't with the Mars in Taurus pace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on Mars in Gemini, Cass? I know this is, uh, you said you're quite excited about this personally. Yeah, I do like Mars shift into Gemini because it then moves into my first house. So I really do feel that that is, you know, plugging yourself in, in a sense. Um, so it definitely brings back the mojo. Um, of course, you can apply that to wherever uh, the house of Gemini is in your own chart. Yeah, there is that propensity to spread yourself a little thin with Mars and Gemini. It's sort of like being attracted to shiny things. Oh, this and then there's that. Yeah. You know, there is that co that component there. Um, <laughs> I can uh, attest to that. Um, but there's also that, you've, as Alicia said, you've got the energy to do it. Um, and sometimes you do need that variety so you can make those choices, which Mars is about, rather than as we, you know, said in the last episode, you know, Mars and Taurus about, you know, holding on to your stubbornness. This is your invitation to then move into a little bit of variety, a little bit of choice. Um, Mars in Gemini is very much about variety is the spice of life. Um, there is that component where, you know, I see it as a little bit of that kind of curious, flirty type of vibe too, a little bit where you get that opportunity to shake a little bit of salt on your life. You know, stop being the cow just sunning itself, chewing on the grass. Now you can get out there and explore a little bit what life has to offer. And I know this doesn't happen until next month in May, but Mars is moving up towards that opposition to Jupiter. So, you know, we'll talk about that in another episode, but it is kind of really... Um, you know, Mars is going to make some, you know, big aspects while he's going through um, through Gemini. You know, he's going to miss all the, the Capricorn stuff. So that's going to be fantastic. So Mars is not being uh, inhibited really in any way through, through this transit. So yeah. that's a good thing. You know, Mars yep. is kind of, you know, uh, can move in any direction that takes your fancy or anything that heightens your curiosity or heightens your interest. You know, you might have yeah. had a little bit of thinking time with the Mars, uh, sorry, Mercury going through Pisces. You know, what really stirs the waters within you? What really kind of, you know, triggers or, you know, got the bright ideas? Now you can put them into action. And with the boost of the new moon and Aries, it's just, yeah, shoot from the hip in all directions and you will land somewhere really good, hopefully, once you, we build up to that opposition to Jupiter. Yeah, totally. And I love, you know, whenever I spend time with you, Cass, and your Gemini rising, I always marvel at how well you make connections, you know, like with your mind, firstly, but also with people. Um, you're really open, you know, this is the thing about Gemini, it wants to connect, it wants to be in dialogue, it, it reminds me of a networking event, and not in that, you know, I want to get in there and do whatever I need for me, but more about wow, what can we do together? If we connect, what does this enable? So mm. I feel like it's that real, you know, that real drive to get out into the world and be social and connect and, and learn more about what's around us um, instead of that kind of more heavy, plotty, the Taurus, which is more connected to the present moment. So I'm excited about it too. It's my third house. Um, I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> lots of emails and lots of connections with people, which I always love to do too. 
Uh, you guys just reminded me. I'm like, where is it for me? And I was like, oh, fourth house, right. Yes, well, we, um, we know what's happening there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we do have a few things going on on the domestic home front. I mean, one thing I love about Mars transits through the signs and therefore the corresponding houses in each of our individual charts is Mars only comes to each sign and therefore each house once every two years. So it is a little bit more of this kind of more substantial mm. activation or stirring compared to like the sun that's in Gemini every year, for instance. 100%. Yeah. I Like it's like this is your once in two year chance to, and I always think of Mars in the fourth house as like, a DIY projects, like renovations, maintenance. I'm like, oh my God, yes, we are renovating our kitchen. Um, I want to say at the moment when we're recording, we will still be renovating our kitchen when this episode comes out because these things are not fast, uh, not fast sort of things. And part of the reason we're renovating our kitchen is actually because we're moving. So I know Alicia was like, Kelly, are you going to say anything in our last episode? So, uh, I'm just like, when is this episode coming out? Okay, yeah. It'll all be out. First of April, yeah. So um, we're moving overseas. My husband has been posted to Europe for work, to Belgium. So we're actually moving there in July for two years for his work contract. So I will still just keep working as I do because I work online, um, just make adjustments for the European time zone. But uh Part, the reason we're renovating is because we'll be renting out our home in Canada while we're overseas. So this Mars coming into Gemini is just a massive reminder for me that all of April and the first half of May is just doing mm. all of those tasks relating to the renovation and the move prep, you know, because it's six weeks that Mars will be in Gemini. So if you're like mm. me and Gemini's fourth house, you're going to be doing a lot with your home and your living space, or your family environment. But, you know, Cass, I think Gemini, it's first house for you. So you have six weeks to like, I don't know, get your body in shape, get your mind into the mindset that yeah. you want. As you were saying, you know, being a two-year, uh, once in every two-year event, I remember two years ago um, I would not long moved into where I'm living now and I just kind of really mm. wanted to reset and restart my life and um, – you know, I sort of like Mars return. Yeah, I'll get back into powerlifting. Didn't happen. And it wasn't uh. until Mars actually moved into Taurus. It was like this little switch went off in my mind and I just went back to the machine I used to be, you know, with yeah. my diet, with my training. Because uh, I hadn't really done anything, you know, worth mentioning since I'd had my son. And I was drinking wine, eating chocolate, you know, just being, you know, uh, told Taurus about it so um, I just kind of yeah it was just this shift and I just you know went into the zone and um, yeah so that was a wonderful thing uh, and you know powerlifting is something that I really love doing I love that heavy lifting of weight um, so yeah and I have been a little bit you know just so busy with my business um, over, you know since basically the end of last year and I've been trying to be consistent, but it's been a bit hit and miss. So I am looking forward to Mars in Gemini getting back into my first house. I do anticipate my schedule will be just a little bit less frenetic than what it's been right now. So if you do have a Gemini rising, you know, and you are sort of thinking, yeah, I do want to get back into exercise or I do want to get back into mm. some of my own personal goals, projects or interests, then, yeah, you can really kind of embrace that healthy selfishness and go, yep, I'm doing this for myself or, or whatever it is that you choose to do. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, yeah, it's a juicy, juicy time. Well, maybe not juicy, but activating. Getting yeah, fired up. Totally. I, the slogan phrase that comes to my mind for this first week of April is the Nike slogan, just do it. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Not because I necessarily, you know, think Nike's amazing, but that slogan is just so Aries and Mars moving out of a fixed sign into an air sign, which is just more lively and movement oriented anyway. It just feels like just get out there and give it a shot, basically. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, with I think that- it was Go on, Lishi. No, go, Cass. Love it. <laughs> um, I think um, Richard Branson, his book, Screw It, Let's Do It. It's like, you know, oh my Mars God. in yep. Gemini. It's like don't th- overthink it. Mm. Just get the idea and run with it. Yeah. And yeah. this is, I mean, Mars in Gemini can be guilty of overthinking, um, whereas because we've got the Aries new moon this week, I'm hoping that just gets people out of the ideas and into the action doing space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what it, what it makes me think of, um, and I remember, you know, being in the Middle East and also sometimes in Europe, you get the, the these hot winds that blow through. I mean, we get them here in Australia too. And they always send you a little bit doolally, but all you want to do is do something. Like you don't want to sit down when there's a hot wind. You want to be busy. You want to be active because otherwise it just all feels a bit frenetic. So there can be that pace with the Mars in Gemini. So there is that kind of, you know, finding things that do ground you during this time will be important as well. So, you know, keep an eye on yourself if you are kind of up in the air and all over the place. Um, or if you're what, do lally? What was that one again? Do lally. I mean, do lally, a bit crazy, you know, all over the place. <laughs> when you talk about the hot winds, it, I really like that movie, The Holiday with Kate Winslet. Yes. Um, some of our listeners might have heard it, watched it. I've seen it like so many times. Because the Santa Annas. The Santa Annas, the hot, dry winds. And I'm like, well, I mean, of course I love that movie, so that's what made, made me think of it. But a hot, dry wind is overstimulating and aggravating to the Vata um, type in Ayurveda. So what you're saying, Leish, about like grounding is so mm-hmm. important. And moisture is going to be really critical um, to kind of get grounded. So moisture in like your hydration your connections with people, but also eating foods that are kind of more lubricated. So like maybe higher oils or higher good fats kind of thing. Mm, um, yep. It's probably a week to avoid the potato chips as much as I love potato chips. Because <laughs> um, all the sugar, snacky, um, crunchy stuff is just aggravating to Vata anyway. So yep. yeah. Like, so no, no crunchy, solid, paint, crispy peanut. M&M's? No, no, no M&M's, no. <laughs> Even like salads can be aggravating to Vata. So you want like your cooked soup or your nice stew or casserole or something. Um, yeah, <laughs> To be perfect it's, here I in mean, Australia I, as we're coming into autumn. I know. I love a salad, but, you know, too many when there's too much wind. It's just like, mm. oh, you know, yep. it's like you stuck your finger yep. in the socket basically. Um, and this is the other thing about Mercury and <coughs> Mars in Gemini is the chattiness. And I've noticed we've just chatted and chatted and chatted about this aspect. I know. It's like, are we ever going to stop? No, it's Mars in Gemini. <laughs> I, know. I know. Exactly. So there is that aspect as well. Yeah. Totally. And the mental health, I was reading a study the other day, I think our, our colleague uh, Kira Sutherland shared it, of, you know, just the mental health benefits that come from catching up with with friends, um, you know, and a, 
when I looked at the study was that it was talking about girlfriends, but for both sexes, you know, having that time to, to socialize and collaborate is really good for your mental health. So I feel like this would be a great time to be doing that sort of stuff as well. Oh my gosh, totally. Like friendships, groups, like connecting. I don't know. Martin mm. Gemini definitely wants a buddy or, yep. you know, a fellow mischief making twin yeah Yeah. you know and venus is still in pisces after all so there is the lubrication factor there so just add wine (laughs) and (laughs) all's good (laughs) add wine and a cup of tea for sure for sure yeah uh so what what were you gonna say lee sorry oh i was just gonna bring it into just quickly that new moon in aries and just yes yeah yeah just well we're still on the topic of mars and this is ruled by mars and it just is so it's happening here in Australia. I'm just trying to read my notes across the room from a long way away. So it's happening here in Brisbane at 10 to 7 at night. So I'm guessing that's in it's the very morning. Early in the morning, like 4, yeah. 4.30 a.m. in Canada yeah. and the States, Eastern time. So even, you know, 1.30 a.m. on the West Coast. Yeah. So it's a great time to be really setting intentions for the year ahead and actually really driving forward. You know, if you do want to do a one-year plan, this is the new moon to do it under. And just setting intentions around what you want. This is what Aries is all about. You know, Aries does have that self-focused quality about it. So use it. You know, today's society teaches us so much to be about everybody else. But you can't, you can't help anyone else unless you're being yourself. So focus on what you want, what you need, what drives you, what gets you out of bed in the morning, what motivates you and how can you bring more of that into your life? Um, as well, just what do you want to initiate? This is a fantastic initiating energy. And what do you really want to kind of get a fire under, a rocket under, especially because it taps into that and sign base trying that Jupiter in Sag. So, yeah, um, what do you really want to put steroids into? What do you want to grow? Um, and and to really as well, just with each new moon, keep those intentions in the back of your mind all year so that you can kind of weave it in and bring it in and and really give it that rocket boost, that rocket fuel that this Aries energy can. You know, it's it's cardinal fire. It's initiating fire. It's like, you know, it's it's like that fire that – it's almost wildfire in a way um, that can get a bit out of control. So, so use it. um, Use it in the best way possible to really drive what you need to drive forward. You girls got any thoughts about it? Um, Aries new moon, it's always a nice kind of fresh start. You know, it's the astrological kind of peak of the new year, the astrological new year season, if you like. Um, I don't know. I've come to appreciate the whole Aries season so much more since moving to Canada because we live in this kind of extreme northeast climate where we get very brutal winters. And, you know, April and the Aries new moon, we actually are finally coming out of this long, dark kind of snowy period. And that feeling of like the world around you waking up, the days noticeably getting longer, the sun being brighter and higher in the sky, it definitely gives you a sense of that exuberance and that sense of possibility and the courage and the confidence that Aries is so associated with. So the new moon this week, I think it does form a little bit of a square to Saturn. So it's tempered in some way. 
Um, but it is a new moon in Aries. It's ruled by Mars and Gemini. It feels just like have the conversation, share the idea, you know, get some information and let that be your motivation right now. Yeah. What about you, Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, Yeah, I guess I just sort of reiterate all of that sort of stuff and, um, you know, we've all, as we said in the last episode, we, we've always sort of done our new moon intentions and things like that. And so, again, you know, you can also apply it to the house topics. Um, you know, if you are wanting to generate some more income, you know, second house Aries, for example, or if you're a 10th house Aries, you know, set those intentions around that house topic as mm-hmm. well. That can be really helpful as well. Love it. Um, so the one other, um, aspect we wanted to briefly mention this week was the Pluto South Node conjunction. Correct. Do you guys have I think any you were going to chat about that, weren't you, Kel? Tell us uh, yeah, your just, kitchen sink story. Yeah, my kitchen sink, everything in the kitchen sink. Uh, I'm working on a, actually it should be published by now, but I've just been doing some research looking at this for a blog post around, yeah, Pluto on the South Node and the symbolism that immediately comes to my mind around, and the, this aspect is exact on the 4th, I believe, at 23 Capricorn. Um, Which is, I think it's around 5 a.m. on the 5th. Yeah, it'll Australia. be the 5th for you guys in Australia. Yeah. Um, so it's the, the Pluto South Node makes me think of like destroying to grow or destroying to rebuild. It, it feels very much... I mean, you don't necessarily like to use such charged words, but it feels destructive from the sense of mm. needing to burn off or purify uh, beliefs or habits or patterns that have become destructive because you're doing them maybe unconsciously or you're doing them beyond the point at which they were intended to serve you. So there's a lot in this around, yeah, like ripping things apart or burning things down to, to create a clean slate and, and build again. And that's got to do with this symbolism of Pluto being about death and rebirth or being about, you know, like the underworld. And then the South Node being this point of purification, but also about shifting perspective and connecting to a more spiritual kind of mindset. And I just, as I stood in my kitchen this week where we had the contractor in, literally gutting, like ripping cabinets that have been on walls for 40 years and pulling out the sink and the stove. Well, actually the sink's still there, but, you know, pulling out the stove, it felt very much this kind of real life example of we do want a more modern kitchen. The kitchen in our home, look, this is totally first world stuff. It's like 45 years old. So it's vintage, but it's still functional and but it, it, you know, we're looking to refresh it. We're going to put tenants in. We don't want to give them the oven that's older than me, basically, that needs a magnet <laughs> to uh, close the door on the oven. So, yeah, it just felt like, wow, to create something new, you know, behind every new kitchen that you walk into, for instance, somebody has built either something from nothing, nothing if it's a new build, or they have pulled out what was there and they have remade it with updated materials or new building skills, for instance, you know, because building technologies and standards do change. So if, if you update something that's 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years old, it's going to be done to potentially a different code or to a different standard. So it just reminded me that 
The process we go through to create a transformation is messy and obviously a bit ugly. Like our kitchen right now does not look good at all. We're walking on like raw floorboards and the cabinets come off the wall. So you've got ripped, you know, paint and and wallpaper and all kinds of stuff. The end result is going to be amazing, but the process that you go through can be that messy, uncomfortable And we can't do this any faster. Like we're going to sit now for a few weeks with our kitchen looking like a bomb went off in it. And it just feels a little bit like the Pluto South Node, which is the first week of April. It's one of the the big aspects this week is very much about like what thing in your life are you trying to renovate or update and how do you have to kind of destroy it a little bit so that you can then make it into the thing that you know it has the potential to be. I don't know. Have you guys thought about this at all? I, I mean, I could be just totally like projecting my yeah. renovation onto this aspect, but <laughs> it seems symbolically congruent. Yeah, I've been giving it a little bit of thought. Um, as I've mentioned already, you know, I'm up to the eyeballs in 2020 horoscopes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have a continuation of this process into 2020 with the conjunction between Saturn and Pluto. So, um, it's like the South Node stuff is the the pulling apart, the getting down to, you know, stripping it bare so you can then rebuild and or restructure and recreate the Saturn stuff, the, the man, that more manifesting piece that we're moving into into next year. But, yeah, no, I've been definitely thinking about, you know, my own Capricorn house and um, the stuff that I, the habits or the things that I am just tired of doing the same way all of the time um, and that do definitely do need a, a zhuzh up, as we would say. Yes. <laughs> a little bit of a refresh and an update because while they've got me to this point in time in my life, they're not going to get me to where I want to be one year, five years, ten years from now. So, yeah, definitely been kind of pulling the pieces apart. It was so funny the other day, like I was, you know, we're still Mercury and Pisces as we record, so the, our musical fantasy stuff. I was listening oh my God, to some that was tool. hilarious. <laughs> I was listening to some tool, right? And, um, you know, they have this um, big song and, you know, it goes, I know the pieces fit. And I was just like, oh, wow, you know, this is kind of part of, as you said, you know, that pulling apart process so you can re rebuild that puzzle or bring those pieces together throughout the year. And it is a messy process. It is a time-consuming process. Anybody that has experienced a major Pluto transit will know it's not just something that, you know, passes in a day or a week or even a month. It's a long process that kind of comes in waves. So this is sort of, you know, what we're, we're dealing with up until, you know, a big part of 2000. It's, you know, this is the crescendo period that's basically leading us into the new year. Yeah, the South, yeah, because we do have a lot of, like, major action over the next 12 months. I was curious when I started thinking about this. I'm like, well, how often does Pluto conjunct the South Node happen and it happens about every 17 years. Um, mm. So just, I guess, with the way the nodes moving much more quickly Move than around, Pluto, yeah. um, like the last time we had Pluto on the south node was August of 2002, and that was in Sagittarius. Um, so, you know, it happens, um, but I thought it's still significant enough that I think we're all going to feel that intensity of the purging, you know, I know we talked a lot about the Marie Kondo, you know, Netflix decluttering, but this feels like 
in comparison, the Marie Kondo stuff was superficial decluttering. Like I'm just moving my exactly, stuff around. Yeah. And this, this is, is like um, bringing in the wrecking ball. <laughs> it is. And it's going deeper. It's like, what are your fears? What are your feelings? Mm. Like my kitchen is not really what the Pluto Sound Zone is about. That's just an image or an analogy of what's going on internally for all of us yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you cleaned out your closet or your wardrobe, like you, that's the tip of the iceberg. You, you've got to go so much deeper now and i remember what happened in august 2002 so um, of course you do <laughs> <laughs> um do you want to share like do you have anything sure that you could, yeah it was the could... final um curtain call of my marriage oh my lord um, okay well that, that was seventh house for you <laughs> yes exactly yeah so, okay yeah wow. so basically the saturn pluto opposition um you know the september to, um september 11 thing happened and that was across my ascended descendant so that was the sort of you know the shaking of the structure sort of thing and then um you know he had to go off overseas as a part of that whole thing and you know then i was like oh man maybe this isn't the right time for me to go and find myself because well i was like 22 23 maybe a little bit older and um of course you know he did his thing over there because he was in the military came back and I was just like yeah no nah, I'm done I can't go back to this and that was uh August 2002 right. so there you go okay well that's a but there was a the build-up <clears throat> but as you can see there was the build-up you know things yeah. you know people just don't end a marriage one day go oh yeah you know I'm done there's a, a build-up of things that lead you to that final yeah um sayonara mm. final goodbye so it, and how about you Lishi? yeah it's 10th for you yeah so that was actually when I was um I called the curtains on a career um I right. was working for a major department store was offered a buyership a, a trainee buyership and I just went actually is this what I want to do do I want to create consumerism and I stepped out and I stepped into nothing um, and I discovered astrology about a year later. So if I hadn't created ah. that vacuum for that, for something that I really wanted to come in, um, and because it was Capricorn, it was very much, you know, I had my focus driven, you know, and I feel like this is what this is about because it's in this cold, dry, earthy sign. There is that ability to be a little bit detached from this there is that ability to be a little bit less emotionally involved we can really look in this dry way at what we want um you know for me now it's actually about simplifying things down so i can focus my career and stop chowing down at that buffet of crazy um that i seem to surround my life in so it's you know what is no longer needed um what walls, you know, yeah, it may not be Marie Kondo and, you know, making everything look tidy. It's actually what walls do I need to knock out so I can allow the light to come in better in my home? Or, you know, what do I need to look at in myself so I can really bring things up and live a life of consciousness, not coming from habitual patterns that were brought in from my childhood? Um, so, it's actually, yeah, for me, it's really about living life consciously and getting rid of all those things that are potentially standing in the way I like that that's such a beautiful story leash where you're like I quit this one job and then 12 months later was when I found astrology because I do think sometimes we expect really fast results we're like I did the decluttering or I ditched that bad habit 
and mm. you just want the next week to be everything to be perfect. But it often, we have to have that emptiness to create the vacuum for the new things that are maybe more aligned yeah. or more Especially authentic. Especially like the old, photos. yeah. It's like the old yeah. thing, you know, you can't really open new doors until you close the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. And all yeah, of so us, um, like this is something that comes up in client consults all the time. People are like, but I need to know so that I can shut the door. It's like, nah, nah, it doesn't, you nah, don't it get, doesn't. <laughs> you, you have to jump without knowing that the safety net is there. That's the whole point because the internal process of letting go of what you know, you know, it is no longer serving you or you've outgrown. That's the key. It's not about, you know, we're trying to give ourselves a security blanket that, um, we, yeah, you don't get to call your bets until your cards are down on the table. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it just makes me think of those mountain goats, you know, that, that, that Capricorn symbol, they symbolise Capricorn. You know, they'll often take a leap from one place to another and that's a huge faith, hoping that that rock there isn't just going to tip and, and, and tumble them down the mountain. So, yeah, this is that energy as well, that survival of just, just go for it, just do it, um, that is part of this whole week. Totally. It reminds me it. of just um, – you know, the, you know, we were talking about there's always like a, a prelude to the big story um, and yours is the kitchen sink, Kel. Yep. Yours was the job that you said no to. And I remember for me it was um, at the place that I worked was uh, in a you know, Mossman in Sydney. I was working in a big day spa there and one of the receptionists was telling, we were just in conversation, she's like, oh, I'm going to an astrology class tonight. And I went, what? You know, what, what tell me more kind of thing and she was telling me that you know she was going to an astrology class I had no idea that it you could go and learn about this I already had this fascination about it you know as many of us do and I remember going home and telling my partner at the time oh you know you can go and learn astrology there's this teacher over in the eastern suburbs he's like what do you want to do that for and I just was like oh it was like I just got this smack in the face and it's like I just felt like the wind had been taken out of my sails and that was the precursor for like you're not even letting me spread my wings, you know. It's like nobody puts me in the corner. Nobody <laughs> so puts baby or cast in totally, the corner. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of like that thing that kind of really – just it, it just stopped me in my tracks because he'd never really had any problems with anything I'd done before. And then, you know, that was kind of like it, it eventually ended. So, um, but I remembered that. I always remember that conversation like I only had it yesterday. And so it was that, you know, anything that is blocking you or perhaps stopping you from really going in a direction you want to go it that might be the south node part you know do away with it and it might hurt it might be painful it might be messy and process orientated but it will definitely bring you into that new beginning but you can't take that leap of faith but still stay on solid ground you just can't you just can't it doesn't it, if only it worked like that mm. um so that's a lot for this week to keep everyone going do you guys have – what do you guys got going on, Leash? Anything you want to share or promote? I'm just taking the final bookings for my um, beginner's astrology that I've talked about the last few times. So it will be starting on the 15th of April. So, yep, jump Excellent. on and book in. Fantastic. What about you, Cass? More 2020? Uh, no, I'm done, pretty much done now. 
hopefully. Um, uh, actually, yes, your, your editor would love it if you're done by now. <laughs> Which editor so, is that? <laughs> uh, the one that's got the tightest deadline in the world ever. It's just, the, it's yeah, the crazy deadlines. So well, basically, I'm Mars just, in Gemini will help with that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Just uh, client consults um, after being kind of off the consult grid for the last fair while. Um, and next week, I'm actually doing a webinar on perfections. Ah, so excellent. Incorporating a little bit more, you know, I've just made a few little realizations around the technique, which is really changing the the angle I'm approaching it from, which is what I'll be teaching in this lecture. Fantastic. So it's uh, Friday the 12th for Australians, Thursday the 11th for um, the Northern Hemisphere. So jump on my website, events tab, and you will find all the details there. Fantastic. Um, and I've got my webinar with Astrology University coming up on Fertility Astrology this Saturday, April 6th, which you can join us via either their website or mine. Um, but I think so Mars and Gemini, we're just spreading the information, Kel. Of course. That's what it's all about. And I'll be going into editing land now that everybody's done all their writing. So that, that'll be For my sure. um, task, but that'll be fun. Um, and we'll be back next week with another episode. But thank you both for today and talk to everyone again soon. You will. Have a great week, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Cass. Bye, Kel. Bye, guys. See ya.